one of the biggest difference. There's a lot of differences. But I think the biggest difference in heaven and hell. In hell, his presence is not going to be there. It's hell not to have not to be in the presence of God. Regardless of the fire and the the Bible, the worms that dieth not and all of that, but when His presence is taken from you. Oh, that doesn't want to be us. Amen? Turning your Bibles this morning to the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2. Today we're going to talk about the power of vision. What is God calling you to do? What does God want you to do? What does God have for your life? Today, I pray that the Holy Spirit will impart vision to you. Many of you already have a vision. You already know what you want to do. The Holy Spirit's already been guiding and directing your life. And He's going to help you fulfill the vision. Today, we're going to talk about what vision is, uh, some, some direction, give some help, and some, some uh, practical things you can do to, to get that fulfilled uh, in your life. And so, uh, we just want to begin to look in Habakkuk. Uh, chapter 2, we're going to look at a few verses, and then we'll look at some other things uh, as we go along. So Habakkuk chapter 2, we're going to begin reading in verse 1. I will stand upon my watch, and set me upon the tower, and will watch to see what he will say unto me. And what I shall answer when I'm reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him. But the just shall live by his faith. Somebody say amen. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, Where there's no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law... Happy is he. How many wants to be happy? Don't you like to be happy? Because the opposite is sad. I don't like to be sad. I don't like to be mad. I don't like to be frustrated. I don't like to be aggravated. I, I, I don't like to be any of those things that we experience from time to time. I like to be happy. Because happy feels better. Amen? It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. My mama used to always tell me to, to stop frowning, to talk, stop uh, crinkling my nose. She said, you'll get a, a line right here between your eyes. And sure enough, over the years, that line has got deeper and more. And uh, now, even when I relax and smile, it don't want to go away. And so, you know, I, I, I see some Botox in my future. Nah, 
It's just, it's just, it's just there, you know. Uh, I looked the other day. I, I got another line over here. And he, smiling, listen, smiling helps your face relax. I like to smile. And so we want to be happy. And so we're happy when we're doing what we should be doing. And it's good when you have a vision and it comes to pass. But where there's no vision, people perish. I like the, the other version that says we cast off restraint. You know, restraint, we restrain ourselves from a lot of things today when we have a vision of what we want to do in the future. But people that have no vision, they don't know what they want to do tomorrow. They have no vision for buying a, a house or a car. Or they have no vision for a business. Or they, they, they have no vision. So today there's no restraint. I just spend all my money today and then I worry about tomorrow when tomorrow gets here. That's why you see people working later and later. That's why people are no longer able to retire because they had no restraint when they were young because they had no vision of getting older. When you have a vision, when you're going, when you know where you're going, you'll have more restraint today. If you don't have any restraint, the Bible says you're going to perish. So I want to learn to restrain myself today. Uh, I, I want to learn to have some guidelines. I want to learn to get a clear view of what I want my future to be. And then I want to work toward it and reach that goal. Amen? So, I, I like this in, in the Amplified Bible. Where there's no vision or no redemptive revelation of God, people perish. But he that keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, Fortunate and enviable is he. Do, 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 do you want to envy others or you want to have others envy you? Do you want to always look around and go, oh man, I wish I had that. And, and instead of being able to live a life that's blessed and have people look at you and go, wow, I, I want to be blessed like them. But see, the thing is, if we have no restraint today, if you're not willing to do today what others want, you're not going to have tomorrow what others don't. Can I get an amen? In life, what you see is what you get. And what you can't see, you can hardly get. If you don't have a vision for it, you're probably not going to accomplish it. Now, some things. Have you ever, you ever heard even a blind hog finds an acorn? Every now and then, just a blessing falls in your lap. Every now and then, you just stumble into something. The, the Lord guided, knew that. He helped you. But most of the time, listen, you need a vision for your future. You've got to begin to set yourself on a course. You've got to chart your life out. You've got to get yourself going in the right direction if you're going to accomplish something. Or you'll end up in your old age having not accomplished anything. Children of Israel went round and round and round and round for 40 years until finally they said, we've, we've, we've walked around this mountain long enough. Are you tired of walking around the same mountain? Hey, but don't you want to see some new territory? Don't you want to see some new things? Don't you want to have a different future? Well, we can if we will have a vision. You see, when God got ready to give Abraham some blessing, when he got ready to give him some property and some land, the Bible says the, the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes and look from the place where thou art 
northward, southward, eastward, and westward. Everybody say, start looking where you are. See, the deal is, you can't figure out where you're going till you know where you are. You've got to sit down and have a plan for the future, but you've got to know where you're at. I mean, every time I go and put something, a direction or an address in my GPS, it wants to know where I'm starting from. Because where you're starting from totally decides the route to where you're going. I mean, everybody been to Dallas? Okay, well... If I put in the GPS from my house to get to Dallas, and my brother puts it in a GPS from his house to put it to get to Dallas, my sister puts it in her GPS. Now, we're going to all end up in Dallas, but we're going to take different roads to get there. I'm going to probably go out 69. Jill and Johnny, they're going to come up 849 or 850, what it is, and, and hit 20. Paul's probably going to go 80. Uh, out and end up hitting 20. We're all going to end up in the same place, but we're coming from different areas. You've got to know where you're at before you can ever figure out where you're going. There's a lot of people that are lost. They have no idea where they're at. Where are you at spiritually? Where are you at financially? Where are you at relationally? Where are you at in your education? Where are you at in your knowledge? Where are you at? Listen, where you're at today is going to determine not only where you go, but how long it's going to take you to get there. Because the further you are away from your destination, the longer it takes. So the Lord said, start from where you're at, but then lift up your eyes and look. And you know what he said? As far as you can see, I'll give it to you. Did you know the Lord's not trying to withhold anything from you? He's trying to get stuff to you. He just wants you to be able to see it. Stop being so narrow-minded. Stop being so blinded. Start, start having to say, Lord, let me see through your eyes. Give me eyes that I can see further than just my past. So, a lot of people can't see past their past. I can't accomplish anything because of what happened. I can't do anything because of what they said or what they did to me. You're so stuck in looking at your past, you can't even see your future. There's a reason that the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror. It's okay to glance back where you came from, but you need to start looking forward at where you're going. He said, for the land which thou seest, to thee I will give it, and to thy seed forever. Listen, the vision God wants to give your family is not just for you. It's for your children and your children's children and your children's children. God wants to change the destiny of all of your generations, not just you today. God said to Abraham, all the land, all the money, uh, all the cars. Well, they didn't have cars back then, but all your donkeys and uh, all the positions and the places which thou seest, if you can see it, I will give it to you. Somebody say, if I can see it, God will give it to me. 
Come on, I want you to begin to see yourself in a better place. I want you to see yourself healthier. See yourself better. See yourself wiser. See yourself stronger. See yourself richer. See yourself, amen, with more power and anointing. Begin to see yourself the way God sees you. Well, look at your neighbor and say, what do you see? Listen, I see success. I see increase. I see greatness. I see comfort. I see anointing. I see power. I see prosperity. I see health. I see the glory of God coming down. Because if we can see it in the house, amen, God will bring it to the house. On another occasion, he told him, he said, Abraham, I'm going to give you a child. And he said in verse 5, he brought him forth and said, look now. First of all, he told him to get out of his tent. How many's ever been in a tent? Ceiling's not very tall, is it? <laughs> and you lay down, and that's all you can see right there. That's, that's, that's the extent of some people's vision. They can't see past what their hand can reach. But God said, Abram, step out of your tent. Get get out of of your limitations. Get out of that ceiling that people have put over your head. Step out from under what people have said about you and what people have done to you. Step out from under, amen, what you think your abilities are. And when God got him out of his tent, he said, now look up. Look what he said. Look toward heaven and tell the stars if you're able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall your seed be. Listen, when you get out from under your limitations, you begin to look up and realize the stars cannot be numbered and neither can the blessings that God wants to pour into my life. Amen. What God wants to do, amen, is beyond what I can ever see, dream, or imagine. So we say begin to we begin to say today, God, put that vision in me. Open my eyes. Lord, let me get out of my tent. Let me get out from under my limitations and let me become a great achiever. I want to achieve in life and in business and in my career, in ministry or in politics or whatever. I mean, if you want to be a great achiever, you're going to have to be a great dreamer. You're going to have to be a visionary. You know, it, it amazes me, you know, way back. Early 1900s, the guy that ran the patent office made this statement. We need to close down the office. Everything that has, can be invented has already been invented. <laughs> he, he had no... Listen, uh, you, you need somebody in the patent office with a vision. Huh? See, he, he couldn't see cell phones. He couldn't see computers. He couldn't see cars that go as fast as they go today. He couldn't see all my... Listen, we, and, and we look at today, we look at our life and what we have, and we go, what else could be invented? But I'm telling you, our children will see things in their life that we cannot imagine. My grandmother grew up in Tyler, amen, up on the square when they still tied their horses. And here we are, hundred years later. Did you did you know that when me and Amy were in college, I mean in high school in the eighties, 
This is going to blow some of you kids' mind. There was no internet. No such thing as internet. There was no cell phones. I had to stop when I was going to be late and put a quarter in a box on the corner that had a phone with a cord on it. And I had to call. I had to know the number. I didn't pick up things that call mama. Listen, we... Some, somebody had a vision. Do you realize and know? I mean, from all, a lot of the equipment in the medical field, the CAT scan, all those things were Holy Ghost filled Christian people that God gave a dream and a vision and they woke up and went and built it. God knows. God can impart to you wisdom and visions. But you've got to be open to it and stop being so closed-minded and saying, oh, everything, everything that could come to pass already has. No, 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 no. There's so much more for your future. If you want to be an achiever, you've got to be a person of vision. You've got to amen, know that something is worthwhile, something is worth putting some effort in it. But people fail and become frustrated when they lack vision. They lack success. They lack happiness. Because where there's no vision, people perish. You've got to know. Where's, where, where's your life going? You've got to have a health goal, a financial goal, a, a relational goal. You need to have goals and you need to set those out and you need to begin to work toward them. Amen? What is vision? Vision can be described as the picture of a preferred future. How many would like things to be better than they are now? Okay? Then you got to get a better picture in your head of what you want your life to be like. Stop looking at what it is now. See, God doesn't look at what you are. He looks at what you can be. So you need to get a better picture in your mind and in your spirit of what your future is going to be like. Vision is seeing tomorrow from today. Some of you can't even see today because you're too busy looking at yesterday. Stop looking at yesterday, get in today, and start looking into tomorrow. Vision is seeing the end from the beginning. That's how God sees. God says, I see your beginning from your end. He sees everything. He's a person of vision. He had a vision, then he spoke it, and then it happened. God created you. To be able to have vision. To speak things and things happen. Vision is seeing the ultimate purpose of God for your life or your existence. God, what do you have for me? What, I know you've got more than this, this, this nine to five. You've got more than just what I'm living today. So we've got to have vision. What are some elements of vision? We're going to look at uh, vision. Is, is, we talked about it. It's a picture. It's a picture of, of destiny. It's amazing. Used to. They had the camera. They had the, the big flash thing. And they had to do it. And then they came along. And it got a little better. A little better. Anybody remember the Polaroid? That was some technology. You snapped it. It came out. You blew on it. You shook it. And all of a sudden, it just 
magically appeared. Wow. Now, most of us have cameras on our phones that are far superior to all the professional cameras they had a few years ago. They take some amazing pictures and you can do all kind of things. And people put ears and glasses and noses and all kind of stuff on their face. And it's it's crazy. You have a a computer. Somebody had had a picture. I mean, you've got to be able to see your destiny. And you can see it in color. You don't just have to live in black and white. You 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 can literally begin to... God can give you a vision for your life. And you can see it come to pass. You've got to have a vision for your future. And let the vision be clear. How many has ever... You remember watching TV with the rabbit ears and it was had that snow and fuzzy? Yeah. Didn't know there was anything different. You've got to be able to know what, what's possible, what's feasible. What's, but listen, future and, and, and your vision, it's going to be challenging. Listen, if your vision can be accomplished by your own strength and ability... It's not God's vision. That's just something you came up with. Because when God gives you a vision, it's going to be bigger than your ability. It's going to be outside the realms of your expertise, of your knowledge, of your your grasp. But God, amen, puts it out there and He puts it in your heart. And then as you begin to walk along, He gives you what you need to fulfill it. So many people, they see a vision, but because they don't have what it takes today, they quit and give up. And they never go for it. Listen, you've got to, it's just like a child. They start out in kindergarten. You've got to learn your colors. You've got to learn what's a block and a square and a a triangle and a rectangle and an oval. And you've got to figure out which holes they go in. And then you've got to learn your math. It's one step at a time propelling you into your future. And so many times, because we don't have all the knowledge that I need today to fulfill it, it's never going to happen for me. Oh, it can happen. You just got to work hard to get there. Amen? What is vision? Vision gives direction. It's a road map. As we begin to live our life, we begin to live our life toward destiny, toward purpose, toward our dreams. Everything you, when you have a vision, everything you do, you do it to get you closer to that dream. If not, you'll get further from your dream. If your dream is to own something, whatever it is, you have a vision for it. It's your dream. It's what you want. Then you begin, first of all, you got to get a job. Because mom and daddy's not going to buy it for you. And you realize, oh, I'm going to have to work for it. So we realize we got to work to make our dreams come true. So we start to work. And then all of a sudden, uh, we have kids. And now all of a sudden, i I, I got to feed my child instead of saving for what that, that thing that I wanted. But if we, I tell people all the time, if we would learn, and man, I, I wish I, I can preach it good and not, and not live it so much. Anybody, anybody the same way? Because I always said, Pay God his tithe first, 10%. And then pay yourself 10%. 
and then learn to live on 80%. And if you do that, by the time you retire, you'd retire a millionaire. Just by paying yourself 10% out of every check. But what happens, first of all, people don't honor God, and they, they, they don't pay their tithe. And the Bible says, if you rob God, His blessings are off of you. And so that gets you in trouble. Second thing, people do pay their tithes, but then they don't pay themselves. And so they spend every other penny they make. And so they never have any extra to go toward their dream. You know why? Because the Bible says, where there's no vision, they, have, they perish. They cast off restraint. See, when you don't restrain yourself from spending today and don't save, you're not going to have the money to buy what you want in the future. But if you'll learn to restrain yourself today. This is, this is hard preaching. This is not fun stuff, Joe. Not fun stuff. Because everybody, see all the kids, everybody wants what mom and daddy worked 40 years for. They want it right now when they first get out of college. And every credit card company out there is sending you a credit card and you can do it. Because they want to get you in debt. Because if you can get in debt, you'll never pull. Because all you're going to do is spend everything on that debt. You can get out of debt. you got to start paying it, putting, putting money toward it. Do something. Come on, get out of debt. Get a future. This is not fun stuff, but it's necessary. Have some restraint today, and you will reach your goals for your future. You can buy that car. You can buy that house. You can buy those things that you want you need, you, you need clothes and food and you need all that stuff. But I'm talking about, that's the natural vision. Some few things you want. But then there's the spiritual vision. God's got the plan for your life that's big. And, and you, you know he'll put that in your heart, what he's called you to accomplish. But uh, if we can't do the little things, how are you going to do the big things? Amen? Everybody say, I need direction. And then direction evokes passion. A strong emotion. What are you passionate about? Because people that are passionate, if you're passionate about something, you'll work harder. If you're doing something you hate, you're going to do the minimum. And you're going to earn the minimum. But when you're passionate about something, you're going to do the maximum and the Lord will bless you. Vision motivates. Those who lack motivation in life really just lack vision. Because when you don't know where you're going, you have no reason to get up and go. How many of you, don't raise your hand. I know none of y'all do this. Get in the car. I get to the end of my driveway. Where are we going to eat? Because it depends on which way I turn. Are we going to Whataburger, Taco Bell? Are we going to Sonic? We're going to Dairy Queen? If, if, if we, are, are we going to the chicken place? Because if so, we could turn in this way. If not, we need to turn this way. Okay? Now, there's times we get in the car and we just start driving. You want to go there? You want to go there? You, you want to go there? Too late. Past it. How about there? Anybody else ever done that? Just me. You have no vision of where you want to go, so you're just aimlessly driving, wasting time, wasting gas, and 
trying to figure out what you want to eat. And then there's other times, Miss Amy, she, she, her and all the ladies, they went to, uh, to the ladies thing. I came in late about seven, Haley got in about seven, and uh, me and her, we had a tough day, and uh, say, what do you want, baby? I don't know. You want to get something to eat? I don't know. You want to go get something? I don't know. And all of a sudden, it hit us. We both said, a good steak sounds good. So we sent Mama a picture from Outback. We had a vision. We knew where we wanted to go. And we went straight there. And from there to Marble Slab. Hallelujah. See, because when you have a vision... When you have a vision, amen, it gets in your heart. You get excited about it. You get in the car and you go right to it. And you enjoy it. And you send pictures to others and they're envious of you. (laughs) So we know what it's like to be both ways, amen? Prioritize, Prioritize your life and your time. Listen, how many, we waste a lot of time trying to figure out what we want to do. But when we have a vision, it saves us time and effort and money. Discipline your actions and your behavior. Your vision actually determines your esteemed value. Those who lack good values and virtues actually lack vi- wisdom and they lack vision. There's people, I'm telling you, kids today, here's the deal. They have no vision for their future, for their life, okay? So all of a sudden, they're uh, this teenager, what do you want to be? I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. I don't, I don't want, and I'm just in trouble here, doing this, get trouble here, and over here. And then all of a sudden, it hits them. <gasps> I want to go to the military. I want to be a police officer. I want to be a firefighter. And then they get excited. Woo! And then they go and they take the test and, and they put in the application and they look and go, Oh, I see back here when you were 15, you got in some trouble here. And I, I see you, 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 your grades. You had no vision for your future your education. And so you, you, you didn't do very good. And whatever. And so guess what? You don't qualify. See, when you have no vision for what you want to do, we cast off restraint, we have no discipline, and we, have our, we let our emotions and our behavior be out of control. And now then, when a good opportunity does arise, we're limited in what we can do because we weren't restrained when we were younger. You may know what I'm talking about. It happens all the time. So let's, let's, let's help our kids. Let's, let's help guide them and give them some direction for where they want to go. And let's keep them on the right track to get there. What's, what's a good path to a good vision? Habakkuk said, I'll stand upon my watch. I will. Everybody say, I will. Vision starts with your desire to want to do better. I will. The desire to be better, to have a better future. The desire to do something greater. The desire to be satisfied, not with with status quo. The desire to be better than I am. To the desire to go beyond what others expected me to be and do. That's why it's so important, parents, that you push your children. You don't call them dumb and stupid and limit them. Come on, you tell them they can do anything that they put their mind and heart to do. 
Don't limit them. Stand up and see the tower and see and watch. That word tower means a fence place, a secret place, a solitary place. Sometimes we got to get in a quiet secret place and we got to seek God. And we got to say, Lord, I'm setting myself. I need you to show me a vision. I need to get alone with God. I need to pray. And I need you to give me a picture of what you want my life to be. And he said, I'm going to see what he's going to say. Did you know God wants to talk to you about your future? He said, I want to see what he'll say. True vision about your life, your business, your ministry, your career, your education, your ministry comes from what God says to you. Not necessarily what your parents, not what your, your peers, not your siblings, not your friends, and sure, not your enemies. Just because somebody said you can't do it doesn't mean you can't do it. If God says you can do it, you can do it. Oh, you'll never amount to nothing. You're never going to be decent. You're never going to have a good job. You never, you, you'll never be a millionaire. Yes, I will. You know how to be a millionaire? You save one dollar at a time. And when you save a million of them, How many spend a million dollars in your life? Probably. You look at your life, you look at everything you've made over the years, everything, you, you spend it. It's saving it is the hard part. Spending it's the easy part, isn't it? Look here. What will he say? What will he say to me? Listen, what will he say? What will he challenge me with? Here, here's, some, here's some scriptural steps. Here's what, what do I need to do, Pastor, to, 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 to really push this into place? Number one, write the vision. He said, I, saw it, I set up on my watch. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? The Lord spoke to me, and here's what he said. Here's what I'm telling you. Write the vision. Do you have a written down vision of what you want to do in your life? Do you, do you have a written vision that you show your family? Do you have anything written down of what you want your marriage to be? Have you written anything down about your health? What do you want to do? What, what, when you, you go to a gym sometimes, they'll, they'll give you exercises. They'll give you a plan. And you, you put down there where you're at. And you go around to all the machines. And you test. And you see how much you can do. And then you write it down. And then every now and then, six months or a year, you go back and you test again and see where you're at. And there's lots of times. It doesn't feel like you're pro- making any progress. Until you go back and then... That, that, that weight that was so hard before, you're just like, boom, wow. And all of a sudden you realize, but guess what? There's so many things. You didn't write it down, so you go to do it again, and you're like, I wonder what I used to do. I don't know. You, you, you cannot measure your success because you didn't write nothing down. So many people go through life, they have no plan. Write down the plan. An unwritten version is soon forgotten. The faintest pen, listen, I like this quote. The faintest pen is always sharper than the brightest brain. I'm telling you, God has given me so many revelations in the night and driving and things. And I thought, whoa, that's so good. I'm going to preach that. And then I get in my office and I go, what was that? If you don't, if you, now I've learned, 
Man, I make notes in my phone. I'll stop. I have a thought or something. I'll stop and I'll write it down because I know I won't remember it. Have a pen or a notebook by your bed, in your car, whatever. When a thought comes to you, when something comes to you about your future, when an idea comes to you. God will give you, listen, God has given Brother Sonny so many different visions. He was living, sometimes visions comes out of necessity. (laughs) They're living out on the Navajo Nation in an RV. And Sister Brenda gets tired of going up and down that little RV flimsy step. So Sonny gets a vision of an RV deck. He gets it in his head and in his mind. And God's gifted him with that creativity. And then he gets it on paper. And then he begins to design it. And he begins to build it. And then he patented it. And then he sold it. And he's done other things that way too. An exercise machine and different stuff. But I'm telling you, sometimes out of necessity, you see a need... And then God gives you a vision of how to fulfill that need. But guess what? How many has ever seen a need and didn't do nothing about it? And then later all of a sudden you saw something that came along that met that need. And you think, I thought of that. Yeah, but you didn't do nothing about it. When God gives you a vision, number one, be careful who you share it with. Because they'll steal it. There's been a lot of multi-million dollar ideas stolen from people because they told the wrong person before they got a patent on it. So write down the vision. And the Bible says make it plain upon tables. Interpret the vision into easy, readable language and goals. Break it into parts. Break it down into easy steps. This is what I want to do this year. This is where I want to be in my finances. This is where I want to be in my health. This is where I want to be by this time next year. And then the next year. And then by the time I retire. Listen, you can't do it all today. But you need to have a goal and write it down and have a vision and see where you're at. The Bible says that he may run. Who? You. First, you've got to run yourself with the vision. And then others will come along to support that vision and help you in that vision. But if you have no vision, nobody will join you and you'll perish. And he said then that he may, that he may what? Avoid discouragement. Has anybody ever had a good idea and started working toward it and then got discouraged and quit? Man. I think all kind of stuff I quit. I quit all kind of things. I should be able to play the piano. But I quit taking lessons. I should be able to play the violin. But I quit. See, there, there's this name, all kind of stuff, you know, you could, should be able to do because at one time I did take lessons and I was getting pretty good and then you quit and then you stop practicing and, and then it just goes away. So, you had, the reason you have a clear picture is so that you won't quit. 
you won't get discouraged. That he may run. That you may run with your vision. That you may go forward. That you may know what's possible. And then he, the Bible says, then he that readeth it. You ever wrote something down you're going to do? Now, this happens to me all the time. My wife gives me to-do list. And then I get home and I didn't to-do it. And my wife says, why didn't you do it? And I say, because I didn't read the list. That aggravates the fire out of me. I have a whole list of things to do around town, and then I'll get home and I missed one. It's because, simply because I didn't read the list. My wife lives by list, and as soon as she finishes the task, she marks it off. She knows exactly what she needs to do, and she knows exactly what she's accomplished. It's good. Help your life be more organized. But if you write the vision down and you have it, you still got to read it. Amen? Years ago, I'm getting ready to close. But years ago, Brother Dale Sexton, he's passed on now, but he, he would come and preach for us and he would ask, ask me, what's the vision for this church? What is the mission statement of this church? What, 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 what is, and, and so, and we thought, well, we, we know it, and we know what we want to do, whatever. But he's like, where is it at? Where? And he would encourage us, and he, he preached on this message, and he said, write it down. So I got with my mom and dad, and we talked, and said, why did y'all build this church? And what did the Lord say to you about it? And why did you call it the Lord's house? And we, we, we know, Isaiah 2, 2, the, the, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established, and all nations shall flow into it. It was their vision to be multicultural. It was their vision. And so, and so I said, well, what is y'all's vision? What do y'all want to do? And then me and Amy were working the, then, and so we had some visions, some things we want to do. And so we wrote it all down. And so I, I, so I bet some of you have never read it there's been many times i've brought it out here and i've set it up here but it's back in the foyer on the wall beside the picture of my mom and dad and it says the vision and it lays out the vision of the lord's house what is our mission statement reach restore train and sin and the vision fits into those four things when we wrote that vision there was not a whole lot of there was some of it that had been done but as each time, every now and then, I forget about it myself. And every now and then, I go back and stand there and look at mom and daddy and go, why did y'all leave this with me? Come back and get it. What's going on? <laughs> it never failed. Anytime we were having some trouble, you know, in the church or financial trouble or things were struggling, dad would always say, son, someday this will all be yours. <laughs> I'm looking for who to leave it to now. I want to tell somebody that. This will be all yours someday. Uh, but I, I go by and I read that vision. And I look at it more and more and more is being accomplished. But there's still many things on that vision that we need to keep working toward. But we have a vision at the Lord's house. Amen. Amen. He said, though it tarry. Vision will always tarry. It'll always take some time. There's a waiting time for vision to manifest. But waiting is, doesn't mean no. Just because it's not now doesn't mean no. Waiting, vision takes time. I, mean, I, I have a vision. I want to be married 50 years. Next month, May, I'll celebrate 30. 
So I got 20 to go. That's a short vision, isn't it? But when, once I get to 50, then, then I can start working on 100. But a lot of people don't make it to 50. But sometimes we think, that, but that's so far away. That, that'll never happen. I never thought 30 would happen. It seemed like we just got married. Baby girl just turned 23. Jacob's 26, 27, 26. But here's the thing. It will happen if you wait. If we just keep being consistent, keep taking care of business every day, keep, just keep doing the things we need to do, time will pass. Amen? Vision will come. Look at your neighbor and say, waiting is not wasting. Stop being impatient. I can't, I, I, I'm ready right now, God. Listen, if you were ready, it would have already happened. You're not ready. God's going to bring it to you a little at a time. The same way you don't give a 10-year-old a, bi- a, a, a truck, you know, give them a bicycle. You give them what they can handle when they can handle it, and God's the same way. Vision, last one, vision takes faith. The just shall live by what? Faith. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Listen, you've got to stop just, if I can't see it, I'm not going to believe it. Come on, Thomas. Jesus told Thomas, Thomas, you're blessed because you saw it, you got to touch me. More blessed are those who don't see and still believe. Takes faith. The vision for your life, the accomplishment God wants to do, the miracles God wants to do, the health, the finances, the children, the relationship, the marriage, all those things. God, some of you young, young ones, you're like, you can't even see that. You can't even imagine. You have no idea who, who you're going to marry, how many kids you're going to have, what you're going to do. Listen, you just do what you can do now. Make the very best grades you can make in school. Learn everything you can learn. Stop taking the easy route. Go above and beyond. Do the maximum instead of the minimum. And you will make it to a good future. Amen? I could talk a whole lot more. But I already told you more than I know. (laughs) I don't know what God has for you. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do when I grow up. But I do know that as I grew, I had things I wanted to see accomplished. And I'd pray, and I'd believe. I spent a lot of Friday nights instead of out with my friends in this church. Vacuuming and cleaning and praying. and That wasn't what I wanted to do either. But it's what we did. And I thank God for it. It was then that God was already building and 
putting vision in our heart for what he had for us and what he wanted us to do and what he wanted us to accomplish. And I can remember being in a service one time with a preacher and he, he, he spoke some things over me and Amy. And uh, then while he was praying, he stopped and he said, no, 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 you're not thinking big enough. And that's what I can tell you today. You're not thinking big enough. Stop just, it's okay, it's good to plan and to dream and to have things you want. But listen, you need to get a bigger vision for your life. You need to get a bigger plan. You need to let God give you His vision for your life. Amen? Because, I mean, a lot of times we look and say, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, I just want to. You know, I want to uh, get out of my parents' house and get a job, get married, and, you know, work 40 years and retire and live in a good nursing home that has good food. Somebody somewhere changed my diaper when I need it. And so we just have such a small vision for our life. One day, you'll be sitting there, gumming your mashed potatoes. You'll be like, praise the Lord, I accomplished everything I set out to. (laughs) Oh, but how many knows God's got something bigger than that? Amen? God's got something bigger. So, Lord, show us. Give me eyes to see, a heart to receive. What's your, what's your vision for your future? Do you, do, you, do, you, do you have a vision of going to heaven? Do you have a vision for spending eternity with the Father? I, I don't think there's anybody that sets out to say, I want to go to hell. I, I don't think anybody that's anybody's vision. But it's the things that you do on a daily basis that determines your destiny. So the only way you're going to accomplish your natural vision and goals is that you do things every day that get you closer to your vision. And the only way you're going to get to heaven is that you do things daily that gets you closer to that destiny. You need to pray. You need to read your Bible. You need to confess your sins. You need to treat people right. When you don't, you need to apologize and repent. But it all starts with making sure we know Jesus.